This is Adonis Payne, and this is my Brit Rest journey. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. Yo, this is my Mike Dereed. Hi, this is Tom Thelma. This is Veggie. This is the Asian sensation Kanji. This is the nightmare fuel Hassan Malone. This is Joe Rage, the heavyweight classic. This is Mad Dog, Udokery. This is Tonga. I'm the Breaker, Carl Kingsley. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. And you're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Broken but Glorious. Broken but Glorious. To Broken but Glorious podcast. Because like me, you are head to toe. Hello and welcome to my Brit Rest journey on bbgwrestling.com. I'm delighted to be joined on live by the Square One champion, the showcase of UBW, Adonis Payne. How are you doing this evening, Adonis? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, Chris. How are you keeping? I'm good. As, I say, as we said beforehand, I mean, I'm full of hay fever today, so if I sniff, I cough. I'll try and cut out as many as I can, but I might miss one or two for the listeners. <laughs> so, oh, so how are you doing this evening? So. Yeah, good. Just got the Scotland-Ukraine game on in the background. Um, not really no, paying attention to it, but emotional. Just, yeah, working away earlier on, just enjoying a bit of downtime now, really. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for these four days off. Just, yeah, it's just knowing I was heading into work this week off the back of a four-day weekend is always a mm. winner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I asked my six-year-old, what do you want to do tomorrow? I'm off, my day off, and he goes, can we just sit and play computer games all day? I said, yes, if you want to do that, I'll sit <laughs> and play computer games all day. <laughs> no complaints, not a complaint. <laughs> That'll be me, football manager, for the next four days whilst I'm not doing wrestling or work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't, he came in with um, LMA 2004 the other day for the PS2. I was like, do you want to play this? He goes, yeah. So we, we started playing it. He didn't, after about two games, he didn't really get what's happened. He's only six. But <laughs> I've kind of started playing that again now when, when everyone goes to bed. I was like, oh, I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> Questioning why you can't control any of the players. Yeah, you, yeah, he just didn't, he didn't have a clue. So can I play Liverpool? I said, that's so fun being Liverpool. You have to create your own team, start in the conference, <laughs> make you like <laughs> in the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, so he didn't have a clue. So he, uh, he... Yeah, that's what I'm doing at the minute on my save. Right. I'm building up right from the bottom. Just yeah. out of sight. <laughs> same, same way to do it. <laughs> yeah. My favourite thing to do on LMA, it was 2007, you have to start, you've got 20 seasons and you have to start as East Sterling in Scotland oh. and go to win the Champions League in 20 seasons. The hardest bit is lasting 10, 10 games without getting sacked. Cause it's I was going to say, yeah. Crap. <laughs> so, it seems if you can last in 10 games... You're on for a yeah. I've never won the Champions League, but I've, I have got them to the Premiership in 20, in 20 seasons. But yeah, it's so hard. They've got no money and they are awful. <laughs> but it's a fun challenge. There's nothing like the frustration a computer game brings to you when you have no control over what's going on other than just a few analytics like Football Manager has got. Mm. It's just yeah, yeah. I kept restarting it until I got into this, the youth team. I've just had a shit quick striker in the youth team. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so you start to yeah. He, he's crap at everything else, but he's quick, so you'll get lots of shots. At least, at least score one. <laughs> all well, you need in non-league, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. But wrestling. <laughs> Um, so you've you've had a great return post lockdown, especially with UBW. So you've, like you've you may have entered the last show, well, the summer SAS show in the six man tag. You've had a couple of good title defenses. So yeah, great great return. Yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, really. Considering mm. I mean, pre lockdown, I'd only had one match on UBW. Um, yeah, and that was the show the weekend before you know the world went into panic mode and we all had to stay indoors. So. 
Well, I mean, to say I've gone from having one match to working at least a show every month, mm-hmm. you know, I think up until the start of May, start of this month, I had done every UBW show that had ran. Yes. Um, and the only reason I wasn't on the UBW show at the start of May is because I was booked elsewhere, um, which, you know, that never used to be an issue. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's just been a bit of a... Like I said, a whirlwind. I can't really describe why or how it's happened to me. Mm. Um, Because it was a big kick in the teeth, really. I'd made my debut. I'd worked my first weekend because we had a square one show after the UBW show pre-pandemic. And Mm. I'd done a full weekend and I was really happy with myself. I remember thinking, this is it now. I can finally have a debut year. Um, Yeah, then lockdown hit. Did you beat Skip? Yeah, so it was yeah. Sunset Skip, WrestleMania yeah. 3, um, opener to that one. It was one of the first couple of matches where UBW had decided to start bringing up some square one talent and putting mm. them on the sort of pre-show opener of the card. Um, and it's sort of 10 minutes before the main show is listed to be started. You'll send a match out there. Mm. And, you know, we had, we got given six minutes, six to eight minutes. So it was just start hot. And... um Ironically, my first academy match was against Skip as well. I mean, wow! <laughs> this, was, this was an academy match in front of, say, sort of 10, 15 people in a really tiny village hall. Um, so to say that Square One, first of all, has gone from that to where we are now, which is 120 people minimum in Stevenage, mm-hmm. uh, just the academy itself developed. But yeah, um, I don't really know how it's happened. I don't know what, what luck I've got. Um I was on a real downer going through lockdown, lost a lot of motivation, and then all of a sudden July rolls around of last year, and the promoter of UBW messages me and asks if I'm free for the first show back in September. Yeah. And he wants he wants to run an angle with Charles Crowley, CJ Carter, Truman, oh. and me. And I'm there like have, the, the have you got the right number? <laughs> I'm at my brother's wedding. It was the Friday night. My brother's wedding was on the Saturday, and I'm surrounded by my family, and I'm. I'm bemused and I'm looking around at him going, I, I think he's having me on here. <laughs> oh. And no, no, he remembered me, he wanted me on there. Um, obviously, I trained at UBW. That's the only place I've really mm. ever trained. Um, and Paul Ash, who is one of the main trainers, the main promoter, has been brilliant with me in terms of advice, help shaping who I am now. And when I asked him about it only a few weeks ago, why he decided to throw me in the deep end, he was like, I wanted to see if he could sink or swim. Wow. Luckily for me, in terms, in his eyes anyway, it seems like I've swam because he's just kept on giving me a push after a push. And it's, it's been a very, very good last nine months, especially in terms of my own confidence. I feel like I've developed so fast in such a short amount of time. Yeah, because you first caught my attention, wasn't the um, Flora's Lava match she came out and you're giving it beans like you're the number one and stuff <laughs> I was like oh he's he seems pretty cool it's a good, yeah, a good, was, a good hail <laughs> was that the pre-pandemic Flora's Lava show the, or the uh, oh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember which one it was it might have been the pre-down I think I you came in giving it beans and then you got you've got I think you're the first out at the end so yeah cool. that was pre-pandemic that was uh, yeah, that was my official UBW debut should I say not my um so technically that was my first match, but don't tend to include a rumble in it. But in terms of a UBW debut, I remember that as well. I mean, just that was a crazy day. I went from being nervous and thinking I had just sort of a small part and thrown out 
And um, that obviously inevitably led to me getting the singles match. That's where sort of the eye was first caught. And to be honest, credit in that one goes to guys like Memes, Kyle Kingsley, Truman Roswell, who was in there with me just for these sort of five minutes. Um, Clarence as well, Sassy Bear Clarence. Yes. They just gave me everything. They went, what do you want to do? You decide. And as a guy who was making his debut in terms of wrestling in general, I didn't really know what to do with it. No. Um, so I just sort of decided, well, I'll hit a couple of moves. I'll do the one that I'm comfortable with, which is the Claymore, and then I'll sort of shout my mouth off a little bit and try and get myself <laughs> over as a yeah. bad guy. And if I get one boo, then that's the result. No, it made a big impression on me. I was like, oh, he's cool. I'm keeping my eye out on him, seriously. And then, yeah, pandemic. <laughs> seriously. Were, were there any matches or storylines in 2020 that you're particularly looking forward to that couldn't happen? Or? Um, To be honest, no, not really, because we never really got rolling. Um, I think there might have been a setup with Skip because we'd just gone sort of one for one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd heard murmurings from a few guys at UBW that the plan could have been for me to then go on and beat former UBW champions and kind of have the sort of Randy Orton style oh, that'd be fun. entrance, which, yeah, that would have been a great bit of fun and a great laugh, but you know, that went sort of very quickly because, like I said, from the last show pre-pandemic to how quickly we got put into lockdown afterwards, I think the show was on 8th of March or something silly, and then by the 20th we were locked up, locked away. So mm-hmm. I don't think there was ever really any plans. I mean, that was just a whisper that I'd heard. I don't know how true it was. Um, I, tend, I didn't really pay much attention to it when I heard it because by that point when... I'd found out that that was the potential plan. I was already sort of in a storyline with, you know, like what I just said, Crowley, CJ, and yeah. it was, you know, yeah, okay, that was good, but where I'm at now is also pretty damn good too. So yeah, that'll be, be, be an interesting one to go to a UBW legend killer gimmick. That's so, that sounds, that sounds yeah, like a I mean, fun, so. it, it's one of them ones where there's been so many brilliant UBW champions that. I would, you know, given the opportunity, I'd quite like to go back and do it. But I think mm. now I'm sort of a regular face on UBW. It'd be hard to go back to that as a newcomer. Definitely. <laughs> we can leave that for some of the more talented guys coming through the academy that will fly out soon. Did you make a particular effort to make any changes to your character or moveset when you returned? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, financially, it's a little bit tough in terms of appearance. I've struggled financially for quite a while, so... You know, I've only just managed to get my personalised bit of gear ordered and I'm finally getting out there on the merch. Granted, that's a part of the meme team. Um, so I couldn't really do too much in terms of my look. Mm. Um, I'd got this red cape and I decided that I wanted to go down sort of a gladiator's route. And that was my mindset coming back in from COVID. Yeah. However, the way that we've kind of gone is I've just gone for that arrogance. I'm better than you. I've dropped the cape. The sword is sporadic whether I bring it out um, and I'm not sure why that is I think definitely being pushed as a part of this stable with memes and artists and being put in the meme team has changed that character because I'm no longer a leader I'm a part of a group now so mm-hmm. I think it'd be weird for me to come out with a cape and say that I'm a leader when you know I'm working with two other guys so things have had to adapt and change from what I initially wanted in COVID so really any plans that I'd made to sort of become this Julius Caesar kind of emperor style leader, but at the same time didn't want to get my hands dirty too much either. Yeah. It's kind of gone role reversal where I'm more sort of 
going out as a fighter, I'll challenge people, I'll stand up to them, I'll beat them, yeah, okay, I might use the heelish ways, but that's typical when you look at a bad guy. Um, but it's never really been, you know, what I expected. And yeah. I'm kind of enjoying that unknowing that kind of I've got full control of my character in the way that I want to take it. Definitely. Because I've not really set any barriers of who I am and what I want to be. I'm just Adonis Payne at the minute. And that's with the square one championship. But it'll be interesting to see where my mind goes when I lose that sort of square one championship. Because right now I'm billing myself as this untouchable character on the Academy brand that's breaking through UBW and sort of trying to get eyes on square one that what the future would hold after that belt's been dropped and where I go from there. So, so what was the build like to winning the championship and how did you find out? Your oh, I found out, I didn't even know I was winning it, um, oh, wow. <laughs> to be honest. So I, I found out before the show, obviously before the floor is lava, but I think it was we had a show at Hurricane Rana, uh, which was back in October, a halloween style show at UBW. And um, mm. I was booked in a match against David Grant, which was then a number one contenders match for the square one title, which at the time Jimbo held. Yes. And he had done since pre-COVID. Brilliant gimmick. Brilliant homeless tramp gimmick. And yeah. what, a guy to, yeah. what a guy to go through with it as well. He's He just put everything into that character and built it all around the sausage roll. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got put in the match with David Grant. Um, and that was only really like, three weeks before the show. So I didn't think I was going over at first. And I also didn't think there was any future plan, if that makes sense. So, okay, yeah, yeah it's a number one contenders match. But when Jimbo won the title, we only had it for, I think, a couple of defences before lockdown. So I thought, well, we're still too early. He's only had one defence since we've come back. We're still a bit too early for that title to change. And I think at the time I thought I was a couple down the ladder anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just taking it as I'm working a show. So I go over on David Grant and um, that was it then. I heard. Nothing more. I knew I was the number one contender. Fast forward past the November show into the square one show in December and there's a gauntlet match because of the ways that I cheated to become number one contender. Mm-hmm. There was square one gauntlet. I think there was six or seven of us in there. And um in the end, I hit Ian Rosario with a chair. David Grant manages to get the pin. And then I face David Grant in a final match, but where he's already been beaten up by Ian Rosario, I managed to get over the top of him. Yeah. Um, so I'm still number one contender at this point, and I'm thinking, well, when am I gonna face Jimbo, and when in, when am I gonna drop this number one contender so we can move on? And we were just chatting away. Uh, I be- it was at that Square One show after the gauntlet. We were just chatting away between me, Paul, and uh, Chase Anthony, who's the MC of the show, who's the general mm-hmm. manager of the show, and same with Sacrifice now. And yeah, I get told I'm winning it there in in the oh, January. Wow. Yeah. And I was just kind of frozen. I was like, are, are you sure? Yeah, it's about time we moved it on. Oh, wow. Okay then. That's so <laughs> a month later, I'm going into Flora's Lava going, well, I'm, I'm going to be the champion of the academy, only the third ever champion. And at a time where I joined Square One quite late and when they introduced the Square One title, I wasn't even working the academy shows to be the first mm. ever. And now I'm sat here with the most defences. That's quite special to me. Um, and I think that's something I'll pride myself on quite a lot until, you know, the next person comes along and takes a record of most defences. Because yeah. square, square one really is is just what I consider to be home in terms of wrestling. Um, 
it was where I first started training. It was around the guys who I trained with initially. Um, and especially to beat Jimbo for it, who incidentally, Hugo Bloom, who is the head trainer at Square One, couldn't take my first session. So mm. Jimbo stepped in to take it. So it was oh, quite, wow. it was quite <laughs> cool that he took my first ever training session, the sort of basics of wrist locks, running ropes, my first bump. Yeah. And he was handing me the academy title. It was, it's quite a special moment. It it did get me emotional afterwards, and then I realised right, I've got to jump into a rumble and be a bad guy again. I can't go out there with any emotion on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's something. Uh, yeah, I definitely pride myself on it. Um, I say it must it must be a huge like it's it's self pride that somebody's putting the faith in you to be the face of their company at such a young age. And so. yeah, um, and like I said, I mean. We go back to pre-pandemic when we first introduced the Square One title and when we first really started doing academy shows. I think the first one I sat and I was on the sound desk for, we had about four or five people in it, in a little village hall in Henlow. Hmm. And eventually we started bringing in more crowds because the UBW crowds were going, okay, well, let's see what the academy's got. And we were going up to, say, 30 or 40. And there'd be quite a lot of the UBW locker room coming down just to show us academy guys some support. But I think the most we ever had in there was between the 40 and 50 person mark. Mm-hmm. And even that was rare. Yeah. Um, so to go from that, go through the pandemic, come out, I've taken the belt. I've been on, you know, at this point, every UBW show. So there's eyes on square one to then move to a place like Stevenage, which number one is so hot on wrestling for to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rev Pro go to Stevenage all the time. It's. It's the perfect little hub, given that our academy's now five minutes down the road from it, to chuck a few shows in. And we've found this, and you know, another community centre with a bigger hall, and we're selling out tickets. We've got we're selling out 120 people, and it's at the point wow. now: is there going to be a discussion as to whether we need to move these academy shows to yet another bigger venue because right. they're selling out before there's no tickets available on the door anymore? People who just see a sign and go, "Oh, we'll turn up to that," they've got no chance. Well, that's a problem. Um, so even more so, even more so, to have that faith to sort of be the front runner of that brand with where we are selling out shows and bringing in big names as well. Square One now, we're getting, you know, the last Square One show, we had Charles Crowley on the card. We've had Levi Muir on the card in the past mm. couple of shows. J.K. Roberts, Josh Spicer, Memes is coming down, Percy Trainer. There's so many big UBW names that are working these academy shows because there's you know, it's still a good show to work for. Mm. It's that's great. The same guys, which yeah. is always <clears throat> no, that's, it's, it's great news. So it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely been a proud moment for sure. Um, one that I've almost questioned myself a few times going, do I really deserve to be in this position? Um, and you know, people see things in you that maybe you necessarily don't. And it's just mm-hmm. about trying to put on my best and do what I think is best for that title. Yeah, until definitely. they decide that it needs to go in another direction. Yeah, and I, I hope that when, when it does change, the the actually because the actually see maybe moving up to the UBW, one of the UBW like the one of the like the maybe their mid card title or the the heavyweight titles because they would see you becoming like the main a mainstay on the main roster. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for the future <coughs> UBW, especially with some of the names that we have on the roster. To, to be able to try and mix it up with them would be. Brilliant. I mean, that being said, I've already mixed it up with quite a few that were on my initial list that I thought wouldn't be attainable for a couple of years at least. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many options there. There's so many ways that we can run and 
you know, we've now got this meme team that we've set up, which is me, Artemis, and memes, and that's always a good laugh when the three of us are out there together. Yeah. Memes is such a fun character. <laughs> it's oh, he's just brilliant. I, as a heel, he is still so over and still gets so many cheers. I think... I didn't I know, think when he turned heel, I was like, this, how's this going to work? So it, it just works. I don't know how it works, but it does. <laughs> it's almost like he believes the fans still love him. Mm. Um, and it's the way that he's running with that character has been brilliant. And it's obviously such a help to get his viewers and his eyes on. You know, me and Artemis is just brilliant at our level where we're sort of just coming up through the ranks. Mm. So to sort of suck in all the information from him and, you know, knowledge and help, and along with other guys out the back for sure, but in terms of how we go with this stable and being put into that environment, it's just brilliant to be a part of. Uh, hey, good brothers, this is Sunset Skip, and you are listening to the Broken But Glorious podcast. This will give you away your age, we'll move on to... So, who was your favourite wrestler going up? Edge. It, it Edge, was yes. always Edge, even when I shouldn't have been. So, I'm only 24, <laughs> so I didn't really get to experience the highs of the Attitude Era that everybody mm. reminisces about. So when I was growing up, it was that 2004 to 2008 Ruthless Aggression Era. That's my key memory. Yes. And it was, I think it was after Edge and Foley had that hardcore match at Mania, that street fight with the flaming yeah. table. That that really drew me in as even a guy that you should hate so much. I just always found myself supporting Edge. And, you know, then, of course, he goes and turns face and retires and, it was just always the move set. It was just the spear running his fingers through the air before the spear and the whiz bulging on his eyes and just the aggression mm. in his face. It almost, obviously as a kid, you did think it was real, but when you get out of that and you watch it back, you're thinking he really does want to take this guy in half. Yes, he does. <laughs> and yeah, I, was a bit, I was a big fan of Edge during them years. And I, I loved him and Rated Ar- that Rated RKO versus DX feud. That got me back into wrestling for a few months. They should have gone on further with that. I still believe yeah. they should have gone on further with it. They didn't take it far enough. That could have led to so many different angles. Yeah, yeah. I I grew up in the new generation era, and I can't yeah. wrestling. I don't know. I just that time the last two came era came around. I was like seventeen, eighteen, so I was kind of doing stuff like going out and stuff. Rather than yeah. Watching. So I kind of missed the attitude era. So, but I've gone back and watched it again. Yeah, I think well, it's brilliant now, isn't it? Because yeah. with things like the network and stuff, you can go back and get your fill on it. So mm. yeah, yeah. My, my six-year-old's favorite wrestler is Stone Cold Steve Austin somehow. So <laughs> <laughs> we go back and watch his, his stuff a lot. <laughs> Just come out, stunner, leave. I, th- I think it was because he had, one of the first figures he got was when he had the, the zombie figures. Yeah, like, got the Stone Cold Steve Austin one. Looks so cool. But he called it Baby Zombie. I don't know why. <laughs> so that was, I don't know why, because that's why it's his, now it's his favourite wrestler. But yeah, he's got a little costume of Stone Cold and everything. He loves it. So. Yeah, I think I'd have to chuck a close second on Jeff Hardy in there, but I think Edge pips him in terms of the, yeah, Jeff Hardy for me, I think was um tremendous baby face, tremendous um, underdog to always watch. And, you know, some of the moments and the high flying spots that he did, and especially as a part of Team Extreme was brilliant. Mm. But I just think Edge did you know, more to grab my attention. What prompted you to go on sites the other way yourself? Wrestling was just something that I never lost. So when I fell in love with it, you know, most people sort of, like yourself, fall in love with it. And then as you get older, you sort of lose touch with wrestling. And, 
you sort of fell by the wayside. I mean, whether that, I know specifically around my age when I was in school, it wasn't considered cool to watch wrestling. No. <laughs> so when everybody fell out of it and, you know, people stopped watching it, I, I stayed watching it, but I was one of those ones that watched it, but denied ever watching it when you were <laughs> in school and around school. I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't watch that anymore. Whereas really at home on my Skybox, I've got both Raw and SmackDown recorded weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, if I'd have known definitely about British wrestling sooner, I would have much started before. But I was down the football road. I was big on football, always football orientated. I always wanted to be a footballer or at least play, whether that was Sunday league, professional level, wherever I could get to, that was it. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to about 20 years old and I decided to pack in football. I was like, I'm too late now to ever make it anywhere properly. Um, and I just needed a hobby. I could find myself in a dead end where it was just work, home, work, home, just a continuous circle. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my old work friends who was big on wrestling, and that's how we actually connected, was just going, well, why don't you give it a go? You're still young enough. I'm not young enough anymore. You go do it and see what it's like for the both of us. And I was like, yeah, I might do. And somehow a year passed in between that conversation. And I'd still not done anything. And I just decided one day, do you know what? I'm going to do it because if I don't, I'll regret it. And at least I can say I've tried it. Yeah. And from the minute I had my first session, like I said, with Jimbo who came down, I think Jimbo was there. Clarence was there. And it was just kind of a mock group of guys to help me out and, you know, go through the very basics. And then after that, I was just glued to it. It was booking one-to-ones every Sunday with Hugo Bloom at square one and just getting myself up to speed so I could then join the group sessions without feeling like I'm going to be pulling them back to the basics. Yeah. So I did a load of one-to-one sessions and I just went for it. And then I got the itch. That was it then. I wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah, me and my son start, uh, Battle Island opened a training school about two months ago and we started. Yeah. um, A month ago. Yeah. yeah, The last session was the first time I came came out and I wasn't dying for days (laughs) after it. It's a good laugh. I mean, there's so, the beauty of wrestling is there's so many different ways you can do it. You can go technical, you can go aggressive, you know, you can go fast. I I don't know, I don't know if I even want to have a, Match, yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing it. I've really did it for my son because I don't know if he'll have gone by himself. He's 17. He's quite, he can be a bit quite shy around people. Yeah. It's straight when he first meets people. But so, yeah, but he's loving it. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm just glad that I'm keeping up with. I must be the oldest there by 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I turned 40 last year. So I'll be 41 in a couple of months. But yeah, I wish I started so... earlier. So, <laughs> You've still got time to get that debut in there. There's still time. Yeah, because uh, when I interviewed, um, um, oh, what was his name? Jeffro last week. I think he started training when he was 40. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was like, oh, he kind of gave me a bit of inspiration. So, so. Yeah, and I think as well, I mean, especially talking British wrestling, there's no real negative to it. I mean, you get given an opportunity on a show, you go and enjoy yourself. If not, you can keep training and enjoy yourself. There's no real pressure on it. It's not no. sort of... <clears throat> you know, going out and playing Sunday league football where, say, five of your mates are going to be taking it like it's an FA Cup final <laughs> week and you're going to get belittled in the dressing room. I think everybody's in there or all most of the time normally on the same wavelength. I know everybody that I've met in British wrestling so far has been brilliant. There's never been any sort of issues or looking down on other people. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm just saying with it. Yeah. We tend to go on a Saturday where they have a guest trainer every Saturday. So we. Oh yeah. So we've been 
Yeah, so we've, had, we've been four times with four different trainers, so it's, it's good to kind of build on what you did the week, the week before, but with somebody different. So it's like every time. So yeah, that's really yeah. Great. I love it. So, so. It's little bits of knowledge from different people, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So was um, Edge like your biggest inspiration on who you wanted to mold your star around when you started training? Um, I would say definitely a part of it. Mm. Um, heel Edge more than face Edge for obvious reasons. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be a heel. I'm not sure why. I, you know, I think most people growing up at thinking that they want to be a wrestler want that moment. Do, 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 do you work with the public? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have worked with the public quite a lot. In my current job at the minute, I'm, I'm very isolated because yeah. I'm working for Hampshire Council. So it's a hybrid learning, um, a hybrid working scheme where I'm working from home four days out of five. So I'm less integrated with the public, mm-hmm. but. I've done a few jobs in the past, which, yeah, very public focus. I, I, I found by interviewing people, the people who like to be healed tend to work in public-facing jobs. <laughs> <laughs> just can't stand <laughs> So having, uh, having a, getting the chance to just shout at the public, get all your frustrations <laughs> out of what you wanted to say to them all week. <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to be a heel. I just thought that it fit me better. I, I In all honesty... I got a lot of inspiration for my character from The Miz. Um, mm. Just, you know, I mean, The Miz is one of the best heels in the business. Is the longevity that he's kept the same character on for. With, yeah, okay, there's been the slight ups and downs and the few tweaks and changes, but he's always been Hollywood A-lister, The Miz, better than you. That's always been his the three main parts to his gimmick, and he's always kept that up. And just his arrogance... And I definitely say that I've molded a lot of my stuff around the Miz, um, because of his arrogance and the way that he works in the ring, the sort of sneaky style behind it, the and do anything for a win style mm. is what I wanted because I had the idea of if I come out and say I'm the best that there is, I'm the conqueror, I'm the best warrior that's ever walked this earth and I'm taking a sneaky way out. On the record books, I'm still the best I'm still I've still got a win. Yes. And I just thought that that was going to be one of the best ways to get heat. And, you know, it's a tried and tested method, clearly. <laughs> so so where did the name of Thomas Payne come from? <laughs> um, I've actually got... So I used to work as a baker in a Tesco when I first started training yeah. for um, wrestling. And I'd gone to the gym a couple of times that week and my arms were sore. And I'd gone into work and it must have been about three in the morning for one of these baker's shifts. And one of the head bakers, Paul, was out the back and I'd walked in and I was holding my arms and all he said was, chill out, Adonis, you've got a full day yet. And I thought, do you know what? I'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. that's great. I'll go with that. And so I took it from him and he still says, if I ever make it, he wants royalties from it. But I promised him I'd I'd use the name Adonis and it's just sort of stuck. And mm. pain was just something that fit with it and something that I felt that I could do a play on word with. Now, obviously, you've got bring the pain in there, sort of loads of loads of different angles that I could take mm. it down, so I thought it left it open. Although if you're paying attention to sacrifice, I'm not allowed to use pain anymore, so no. <laughs> Yeah. So how how's the gimmick like evolved over the years then? So what was uh, what was version one of Adon- Adonis Pain like compared to now? So. Version one of Adonis Pain was just your run of the mill, come out of the curtain, shout a few shout at a few kids and get in the ring and sort of do it. There was no real 
outline as to who I was or what I wanted to be. It was very much that get out there, do the job, go home. Um, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. It's definitely evolved in the sense that because it helps that fans that turn up to shows know who I am. Um, but what I've sort of built for myself is, is exactly kind of what I wanted when I came back from COVID to a certain degree. I wanted to be seen as this sort of leader, which I've managed to get given as sort of a leader of the square one locker room rather than, you know, say a make-believe legion that I had, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm now running it as a leader of square one, and that's been quite interesting to play with. Um But I wouldn't say there's been a tremendous amount of evolution yet. I think that the evolution is probably going to start coming from now onwards, Um where I'm I'm being booked elsewhere. I've sort of got my feet through the British wrestling door. I'm having the debut year mm-hmm. that I kind of wanted. It's now how do I advance and take it up a level? And I think now's the time where I'll start looking at evolving and really nailing down who Adonis Payne is. Because yeah, how, how, have you, how have you found, like, um, are you a big fish? <laughs> I was saying, like, a big fish at the academy shows and getting well-known at UBW, but then... Maybe going to a promotion where the fans don't know you. How have you found that transition? To um, weirdly enough, I'd say that it was the first time this Saturday where I'd felt unknown, completely mm. unknown. And that was at Future up in Sutton and Ashfield, just sort of in between Nottingham and Mansfield. Yes. Furthest north I've ever worked. I'd only ever worked for United Pro, which was in Oxford, UBW, which is around Bedfordshire, and the same with Sacrifice around the same area. Mm-hmm. And the Sacrifice in UBW shows use a lot of the same talent. They're in similar areas, a lot of the same, I wouldn't say the same viewers, but they do, they're sort of like close friends in terms of promotions, hence why we had the joint show not too long ago in February. Yeah. Um, and United Pro, I was able to rely on Memes because Memes was already booked on those shows. I came down and we joined up with him, so we've gone in as the meme team. So I'd, there was always that to lean on so up until this weekend I'd felt very comfortable but then to walk into future and be in a locker room where I knew say two or three people and had spoken to say five in total yeah that was a really new feeling but I mean the beauty of future is that everybody was so brilliant there in terms of out the back you feel comfortable and at home right away but in terms of walking out the curtain I couldn't do what I normally could I couldn't say the same stuff that I would at a UBW show or at a Sacrifice show because they don't know who I am. So I just mm. made a beeline to the kid <clears throat> that was sat on his own and just yeah. started giving him hell before I got in the ring. I was involved oh. in the key to the future match, so I just tried leaning in and saying, you know, you think one of your heroes from out the back is going to have that key, it's going to be mine. I'm going to have a debut here, beat seven other stars, and then I'm going to take it on and go to the top. You know, heel 101 sort of stuff. Yeah. Um but it, I think it got over quite well. I had a few people come up to me in the meet and greet after the show saying that they enjoyed seeing a new face at Future and hopefully they'll see me again. So, you know, we'll see what the plans are in terms of that promotion. But it was, it gave me a lot to think about in terms hmm. of what do I do in new venues? How can I work differently? Because like I said, at United, I had the comfortability of being a part of the meme team. I made my way to the ring with, Artemis and Memes, two close friends that I can rely on. And, you know, we're very much bumping off what Memes is doing there. Mm. And I felt like, you know, I could still do the meme team spiel at any company and it'd suit. But when you're sort of in there on your own and it's now 
okay, now you are just Adonis Payne again. Yeah. You're in a brand new setting. People don't have a clue who you are. How are you going to get that across to people? I wouldn't say I did a tremendous job at doing it, to be honest, but um, I'd say given the setting that there was eight people in the match, I didn't really have to because it was mm. it, it was chaotic, that match. It was brilliant. It was brilliant chaos because the amount of bodies that are in the way. So wow. it kind of takes that focus away from you, that pressure, that focus comes off a little bit. Do you find it weird that people want your autograph and stuff? Yeah, that's really <laughs> weird for me. Yeah. Um, especially as a heel, I remember signing after WrestleMania 3 before COVID. I remember signing my first autograph on the back of a young lad's belt. And that was just, you know, I was there like, yeah, are you sure you want my autograph? And then <laughs> as it's come along, it's becoming more natural. I'm signing posters all the time. Have you, have you ever signed your normal signature after you do your kayfabe no, I did. I did go to, though, and it was yeah. on one of these massive posters for Square One, and it was a big raffle prize, and I went to yeah. go and sign my normal signature, and I thought, hang on, I've got to be careful here. Mm. Um, but that was, you know what, it's a good point. That was a really weird one. When I first got given that belt, I had never thought about a signature for Adonis Payne or no. I'd never thought about any of that so I get given a title and a sharpie and I was looking down at it like a rabbit in the headlights I was thinking what do I do mm. and I think I just <laughs> scribbled a pain or something quickly and tried to move on and that's really you know that's a wheels in motion kind of moment like oh there's a lot extra that you need to think about yeah I've been trying to think of like if I ever do have a match I don't want to go out as Chris Lappin but I, yeah. I, I've been playing but on on the on the SmackDown game for years, I've been VDT. I'm like, oh, but what does VDT stand for? <laughs> just, just yeah. VDT. I don't understand what it was. It was always like, trying to find names, and I I always, I mean, same as yourself. Growing up, I was the same. I'd use the same name over and over, and then all of a sudden, I'd become a wrestler, and I pick something out of the sky which is completely different to anything mm-hmm. that I'd ever used or anything that I'd ever thought of. Yeah, um, and I think it. <sighs> It's really weird. Um, conveniently, Hustle Malone said this at the weekend. It was, you never know where your British wrestling journey is going to take you. I mean, you could be told one route and a couple months later, you could be either a hundred mile an hour ahead of where you thought you were going to be, or you could be stuck in traffic at the back of the queue. You just don't yeah, know where I'm, 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 I'm loving his new the, the protagonist of British wrestling gimmick. I just thought, it's just a, is just a genius, a creative genius, is what I'd say. There's so many ideas come from his head, and I don't know where he stores them all. And how See, he, he went, it, at the last show, he went from a, a comedy Disney plus <laughs> deathmatch, where they will batter each other with lightsabers, and, and he, he could use anything Disney related, yeah, as as weapons. So he went from yeah a, a comedy match, yeah, to becoming champion by the end of the show, and it's just like. This. <laughs> And I believe yeah. he, was made, he made a few kids cry in the crowd, I heard, as well. At, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Lance went from yeah, heel to the biggest pop possibly in Wrestle Island history. Yeah. And then kids crying when he <laughs> lost the title it, it, within, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, he's, he's like, mental. No, he's absolutely fantastic. And it's such a great guy to be around as well. I mean... He's always full of spirits, always happy to talk mm. to you, always makes you feel comfortable. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be around him in a training environment since way before COVID. And, mm. you know, he's always been so helpful. And especially this weekend, travelling up to future with him was you know, the amount of information just in the car that you can take in. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's a great guy. I, I interviewed him during lockdown. He was because he was doing that. He had his own podcast then. I loved it. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I'm um, looking forward. Um, you got like a wish list of opponents you want to do maybe by the next six months or so. Or? Within the next six months, or yeah, there's there's quite a few names really. Um, I could reel off thousands. Um, yeah. Hustle Malone being one of them, he would be up there. I think. Yeah, just like I said, what a great guy, what a great competitor, and everything he does, he just seems to evolve and get better over time. And I, I don't think it'll be long until we start seeing him put on uh, shows like Progress and Wrestle Carnival. I think that's just a matter of time away from him because he yeah. just, like I said, he's just such a creative genius. Um, there's, there's so many names. I was fortunate enough to be involved in a tag against, like I said, against Charles Crowley and C.J. Carter. They'd be both on my list for a singles match. RJ Singh, yeah. I want to That's... work with properly. I was fortunate enough to take one of his DDTs a few months ago um, yeah. as a part of a meme team spot, but I'd love to have that match for sure. Um, Warren Banks, Tommy Kyle. Wow, yeah. The, you know, I mean, just to sit around some of these guys and be able to take knowledge in from them is brilliant, but, you know, I want to take that one step above and take them on in the ring at the same time and try and learn from being in there with them at the same time. I yeah, think, definitely. you know, that's just a few names off the top of my head. I could go on for hours. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be some great matches. I think Tommy's come on leaps and bounds over the last, possibly post-lockdown. He's, I think yeah, he's, he's one of them guys where lockdown came at the wrong time. He's like, just as he was pushing. Absolutely. But at the same time, he, I mean, I know for a fact he wasn't, from seeing his social medias and things, he wasn't sitting around in lockdown. Yeah, and he, he, came, he came back buff. <laughs> he, he came back with a vengeance, and there's no surprise as to how well he's doing. And mm. no, even more so, Tommy Kyle was one of the trainers for the beginners sessions down at Square One. Yeah. The Thursday, and he's you know plays a very big part in a lot of the guys that are on the Square One cards now in terms of their development and. To be able to do that and put so much care and attention into other guys and, you know, other wrestlers coming through, at the same time to hold the amount of talent and to keep progressing on his own in the way that he has been, whilst balancing work and a personal life, it's just it's just brilliant how far yeah. he's come on. And again, I think he's another one that will be taking up people's TV screens soon. And, you know, there's no reason as to why he can't make it, to be honest. I think he's brilliant. I watched. Yeah, he's, he's somebody I'm surprised uh, Peter at Wrestle Island hasn't got up yet. He's, he likes to get people from that area because we have, we have Warren Banks on there, Hustle is on a lot, and David yeah. Grant and, and Kyle Kingsley are on a lot. So, so. Yeah. Mm. Yes, he's, again, that would be one that I would definitely like to have, especially in the sense that, um, and I'd quite like to have it if there was ever a chance whilst I was Square One champion because I've never been down to square one since well I've been down to square one but I've not been a part of those beginner sessions where mm. Tommy Carl has been training yes and I just think that it'd be almost like square one champion my brand against trainer of the next generation and I, I wanted to do an angle at one point I never pitched it I should have done mm. but an angle of taking on the trainer taking on Tommy Kyle after I'd laid waste to his say students or whatever even though I hadn't because I'd faced various different people. But that would be, if my title rent, uh, reign could never end, that's where I'd go with it, is I'd just push it down that route. 
<laughs> so what's t- Tommy eventually taking off you? That'll be the like the end goal. You beat all the students and then he, he don't you have to It'd make it. sense. Yeah. It would make sense. Yeah. Um no, it's just any way that I could have a match with Tommy Kyle is I wouldn't mind whether I dropped a belt. I'd give my left leg for that, never mind the belt. Yo! This is the nightmare fuel hustle Malone. And you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Alright, so if you're permitted for a day, point in an event. Um, so using wrestlers you've worked or trained with, wrestlers are associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type, you tell me who you put in that match. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, as it's your show, every match can be intergender, fatal four way, fatal three way. Many people as you want in a match. If you want to add a, a stipulation? Go ahead. <laughs> it's up to you. So, okay, so but who'll be in your opening contest? Get the crowd excited. Ah, uh, opener, uh, straight away, same guy we were just talking about, Tommy Kyle. Um, yes. I've watched, and I think more conveniently to add Smashing Mike straight away. Oh, yeah. Um, Smashing Mike is somebody that I was luckily enough to work with in my first defence, and he is just so good. Just Someday, so someday good. I really want to see live. I've, I've seen him quite a lot on YouTube, I've never seen him live yet. I think I've watched live Two of two of his best matches. I mean, he goes on about them on social media all the time. Two of his best ever matches that he's had was against CJ Carter and against Tommy Kyle. Mm. I want to chuck all of that in and do a triple threat with those three guys. Oh. That would be my opener. So t- Tommy versus CJ versus Smash Blake. Oh, I think you man. renew you renew the classic rivalry of Tommy Kyle and CJ Carter. You add mm. in Smashing Mike to the mix and. You know, it, <laughs> I'd be happy with the winner either way, no matter what way it went. I'd be knackered. <laughs> cool. um, what, who, how about our comedy match? Comedy uh, memes is 100% going in my comedy match. There's yes. no question. It's got to be memes. He makes me, sometimes he makes me laugh when I shouldn't, especially when we're out there doing a meme team yeah. angle and he says something completely outrageous and I'm giggling underneath <laughs> whatever I can hide my face with because I've got to say as an angry guy and I'm putting him in against Sunset Skip yes um, I wouldn't know how to work yeah. it no. whether I'd do heel Sunset Skip against heel memes and go that route for a comedy match but I've watched Sunset Skip work heel a couple of times now and he just has me in stitches just as a viewer he's brilliant he's yeah I, lo- I, lo- I just yeah I love how he's stuck in the territory days and that, that character, but he's better at how it works, but it does work. <laughs> so, and I, I love all the, the tales of Skip. Yeah, and he's such a top fella as well. That's another thing. Yeah, he's somebody I really um, In terms of having my first match in an academy singles with him, and then my first hmm. UPW match with him, he just made me feel so comfortable. Anything I wanted to do, he didn't care. He just said, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's do it your way. Um, to give me my moment, and he didn't have to do that, obviously. He's just such a great guy, and so funny as well. Naturally funny out the back, always puts yeah. a smile on your face. So he'd fit in perfectly there. Yeah, I loved I loved it watching his, qu- his quizzes on a Thursday night show in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, he should have kept going with them. Yeah, and I, I, never, I never joined in, I, want, I, want, I did used to just watch them. So. <laughs> He's not shy, that's one yeah. thing. Skip is not shy. No, he's fun. Uh, your women's title match? I'm going to go triple threat on the women's title match. And first one is someone we've referenced, Evie Madden. She's yes. going straight in there. Um, 
just quickly on that, I wish her all the best and I can't wait to see her come back to British wrestling soon. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because, um, again, just lights up people's faces at the back, such a friendly face, somebody so nice to talk to. And, you know, putting that aside, she's an unbelievable talent in the ring. Mm. Um, and I'd throw her in there against my tag team partner, Artemis, the yes. hit woman, big powerhouse. I think that would be a great, you know, even them two as a singles would be brilliant. But somebody else that's coming through that's been with Hustle and has come working down at Square One in UBW, Rain Leverkusen. Ooh, I've not heard of her. She's going to take over. Quite quickly, I think. I think she'll get her face around, especially women's division of wrestling, but just Brit wrestling its entirety. I think she'll be throwing her face around quite a lot of places very soon because she's a very good talent and still very young. I think she's my age. Um, and again, just brilliant to be around somebody that I'd like to share a locker room with because I think that's a common theme throughout my card is just people I like sharing the locker room with. Yeah, that's the whole point of this card is just to put your friends over it, really. <laughs> so, no card title match? Sorry, a workhorse title, or if you want to put a gimmick on it? Uh, Mid card title. Again, it's going to be another triple threat because I've got too many names to bring up. But <laughs> um, Kai Payne, my fierce rivalry, rivalry at Sacrifice, he stole yes. my name. But <laughs> brilliant worker. Such a fantastic talent. Uh, made me feel so comfortable working with somebody that was brand new that I'd almost, I'd say I met him at the five on five sort of UBW versus sacrifice show, but to actually properly meet and have a conversation with mm. was at the last sacrifice show. And we were able to put together what I thought was a very good match and we worked through it quite well. Um, Kai Payne in there against JK Roberts. Yes. JK Roberts, just brilliant, brilliant guy, brilliant performer. I've worked with him a couple of times now. Just amazes me how he's not further in more people's faces. I know he's just come up and he's done a bit on Rev Pro recently, mm. which is well deserved. And I think again he's <clears throat> he's gonna start coming up again. Although he does have a baby now, which might be the reason as to why. Yeah. Oh. Um and then I'd throw in Harrison Leon, one of my very good friends. Yeah. In, coming through at Square One. Um he's just had a match against Charles Crowley at the last show. He oh, managed wow. to stand up and hold up with Charles Crowley, which was brilliant. I mean, this guy, Harrison Leon, he's got it. He's got the makings of an unbelievable wrestler if he wants to be. He's six foot six. He's recently got carved out to shreds. He's got the charisma. Wow. He's, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be electric. He will be fantastic. And I'm so privileged to call him a friend, first of all. Um, but he's going to be a fantastic competitor. And I'd like to throw him in there as a bit of a, wild card to that you've got two very similar workers in Kai Payne and JK and then I think you throw in a giant like Harrison Leon and it adds a interesting element mm, definitely that sounds like a fun match about a hardcore extreme rules style match oh this was a tough one but I think I'm going with Hustle Malone in there because I've seen him do a couple of no DQ like you say the Disney death match from the other day um <laughs> But I watched him do a movie death match at Sacrifice as well against CJ. That was a good laugh. And mm. I think he'd just have so much fun with it. And like I said, we've already spoken about what a talent he is. Um, and I'd chuck him in there against Truman Roswell. Yes. Um, I've seen Truman have a couple of ladder matches. I watched him have one at Mimia 3 before lockdown. And I just think his character would suit that environment. I think 
when I interviewed him, he was still Paddy and he was just developing this yeah. conspiracy theory character. Not so, not so. And then he goes through the name change <laughs> through lockdown. <laughs> People shouting Paddy at him from the crowd. <laughs> but he ran with it and he wor- and he makes anything work. His character's brilliant. I think it's one of my favourite characters in British wrestling at the minute and just some of his facials that he pulls through interviews and in the ring, it just... It was just so good to be able to work with him coming back through lockdown and, you know, soaking information. Definitely. But, yeah, he'd definitely go in there. Okay, uh, a tag team title match? Tag titles, I think I'd have to go Fatal 4-Way on, because oh. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a Fatal 4-Way tag team match. It'd probably have an elimination element to it to make That's it a bit happened. easier to decide, yeah. but... Four-corner elimination, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love Fatal 4-Way tag <laughs> matches. I, I think... They used to do loads in WWE when Tyson Kidd and Cesaro were champions, and they that's, had. That's, that's my that's my favorite get match on the uh, new get the new wrestling game in two thousand and two thousand nineteen. So yeah, yeah, four way tag team matches. They're just always bonkers, and I'd throw in Thunder Express out of UBW on that. Yeah, uh, Leo Edwards and Jackson Hart. Leo Edwards, who I'm currently feuding with at UBW in a solo capacity, but as a tag team, him and Jackson Hart are brilliant. Yes. Definitely. Go Los Palominos in there as well. Ricky Calve and Frankie Vegas. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> That's always a good. Ah, uh, the uh, the aubergine emoji sacrifice <laughs> one. There, there. No disqualification tag team match. I think if you haven't seen it, you should definitely try and go and watch it somehow. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> a mix of the ridiculous. Ah, oh, they're just two brilliant guys as well. They deserve a spotlight. Um, Act Two, who I met recently, yes. worked with at the weekend at Future. You'd know them from Wrestle Island. Yeah, they made their debut in the Rumble at the weekend. Yeah, yeah Jack they came out. They came out. They Island. came out together. I think they took like one. They came, I think they both came out number twenty-one. I thought it was a bit confusing. Yeah, I think they. Um, I think that was a niche spot they were saying about on Saturday that they were coming out entering as one yeah. in the Rumble, which is quite an interesting aspect. Yeah, so, right. somebody I've wanted to see live for a while, so that they so they want the surprises that came in. So. I've I'd seen their stuff on social media for a long time before I'd actually met them, and they were so eye catching. And I met them at the Last Sacrifice show. Two lovely fellas, and then just so easy to work with as well, based off this weekend. Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw them was when I was researching for the David Grant interview. I watched what the future a rumble for future yeah they, they came out as a free but then they went they called act two though, I think yeah yeah, yeah. They, were, they were hilarious but no yeah they were brilliant and I think that works then and then lastly in that fatal four way tag team we'd add a bit of heavyweights in there we'd put the heavyweight heartbreakers in there for yes UW. definitely yeah overzealous big powerful guys just when you're thinking you've got act two and thunder express which are a bit more flippy and you know, to throw in the heavyweights just adds mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic. And Definitely. Justin Feller, um, sorry, should I say Hugo Bloom, um, just has done so much for me personally, stuck in one-to-ones with me when I initially started training, um, head coach, really the runner of square one. Um, yes. He's just done so much for me personally. Uh, you've just got to shout that out for him. I mean, I remember one time we did a one-to-one session and it was just the two of us in the end. Normally, you'd get a few of them to stay behind and help out and help coach. But this day, it just happened to be the two of us because nobody else could stay from the group sessions. And we had to pack down an 18-foot ring between the two of us 
at wow. the end of the day, which took about an hour and a half just on the pack down. And I think that's where that's where I had a big connection with Hugo Bloom from the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just helped me out. He's he's there would be no Adonis Payne without him for certain. Oh, brains. Okay, then at your main event. Uh, main event to two of British wrestling's finest at the minute, I think. RJ Singh and Charles Crowley. Yes. I'll just let them do whatever they want, and <laughs> they'll get the job done. They'll make me happy regardless. Um, as long as we see an RJ DDT in that match, that's all I need. Definitely. That um, you're cordially invited to. I think Crowley there during lockdown is still one of my favourite things. <laughs> yeah, I actually went back and watched that the other day. Um, yeah. I say the other day, it was a couple months back <laughs> now, but everything's the I, other yeah, day. I, I, I say that, yeah. I'm a the other day person. It's <laughs> been anywhere in the last three years since the other day. <laughs> it just shows again, I mean, we talk about Hustle Malone's creative side, mm. Charles Crowley's creative side as well. I mean, the acting background definitely shows through with him he's just a natural he's mm. just happy to do the most outrageous and ridiculous things and he will make it work he will turn it into he will turn it into a Charles Crowley thing where you could suggest him the most ridiculous idea and it would work with him yeah. I just think he could turn water into wine in terms of wrestling yeah. he's brilliant and another one that has been so pivotal in my personal development, I mean, there's so many names, but Charles Crowley at the time when I first started training was UBW heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Um, and on my debut at Flores Lava, he dropped the belt and that was his sort of exile from UBW. Yeah. And he was so helpful with me in making me feel comfortable out the back, making sure I was okay before the rumble spot, you know, pre-lockdown where I said that I just had the sort of little spot and get thrown out. He asked me if I was okay with it, if I was comfortable with doing everything, how it how it was going to go. I go out there and do it, and I tell him, you know, I've not got too much to do. I go out, do it, come out the back, and straight away, big beaming smiley, grabbed me and said, you said you had nothing to do. You did loads there. Well done. You should be proud mm-hmm. of yourself. And then all throughout lockdown, the odd message from him, keeping up, giving me suggestions, offering me advice, almost giving me that little bit of motivational push. And even up until this week, I mean, he, he messages me on the fly every now and then, something that he doesn't have to do and take time out of his busy, you know, his ridiculously busy schedule to do. Yeah. And I think it just shows his care for the business, especially. You know, he should definitely not be worrying about me and what I should be doing to make myself better when he's got so much to think about. You know, you talk, he's got, He's just had Maxi Impaler at Wrestle Carnival. He's got Strong Style 16 at Progress coming up. He's then mm-hmm. got Wrestle Carnival where he'll be facing Scott Garland. Or, or And then, yeah, there's just so much. There's so much he's coming up for him. He's, and he's, he's facing Tajiri soon, isn't he? Yeah, Tajiri at UBW. I don't even know how I could forget that. He's <laughs> He has so much on his plate, and yet he's still... And the same with Harrison Leon. We talk about it all the time, me and Harrison. We... You say how he's got so Charles Crowley's got so much time for the people that are coming through and developing, mm. and you just wonder how many more people is there? How many more people is he helping out? Because the the list just seems endless, and he's just got so much time for everybody else, and he's just a superstar in his own right. It's just brilliant to have guys like him around. Yeah, and I, I look forward to anything he and him and Clementine do. Oh, <laughs> any any yeah. any vignettes they they put out are just my favourite things. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> they're just. Uh, as a tag team, it just doesn't get any more brilliantly ridiculous. Yeah, than 
<laughs> cool. That's a great. That's a that's a great card. I'd love to watch that. Uh, it'd have a mix of everything, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Um, so, where can people see you in the near future? So, so next up, I've got June twenty fifth at UBW. Uh, announced yesterday, it will be myself against Leo Edwards for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to last month, me and Leo Edwards faced each other in Royston. He got the better of me, but that was a non-title match, so that's set up for this now where I can put him to bed and move on to the next one. So I think this will be defence number six coming up, if obviously, if it gets defended. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be my sixth title defence coming up, which will be interesting. I think the most defences that the previous champion got was three, so... Oh, wow. Putting myself on double that, yeah. That's also that's that's also the show with Tajiri versus Yeah, Crowley so that'll have Tajiri and Charles Crowley on it yeah. as well. Um and then the Saito brothers are also coming over from Japan and they are facing yes. the heavyweight heartbreakers. That should be a great match. And then yeah, the I mean there's gonna be a United Pro Wrestling show day six, August twenty first. I will be there as well in Oxford, the same place as the last show, which is the Tap House Brewery. Great venue for a wrestling show mm. in an ale house. In an ale house brewery, it's just perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was a great show last time at Day Five, so I'm looking forward to going back to United. Um, and that'll be they're starting up a tag team tournament, so they're really starting to develop their show now and add to their singular title that they've got at the minute. Oh, miss. So that's what, do, you know, do you know who you're against yet? Oh, it's a bit too far out. No, no, I don't know who I'm against yet. Um, nothing's been announced or anything. I think we've got, it's going to be CJ Carter, who is the new United champion against Mark Haskins. So wow. that's, that's a big <laughs> match. So that's what's going to be selling the tickets at the minute. Yeah. And, I, saw, um, I saw Mark Haskins the first time in January at TNT. Yeah. Yeah. He, the, yeah. Robbie X was injured. So they brought Mark Haskins in as well. Like, so like, oh, I've got a mix of nervous, that's... excited. Yes. Nervous, excited to share a locker room with him. I've heard he's lovely. So, so. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, it's it's just so so strange. I mean, some people that you can sit in a locker room with that you know you can go home and stick on the WWE network and watch telly on sometimes, and it doesn't hit you. But mm-hmm. a name like Mark Haskins for me, I've never met him. Um, I would love to meet him. I think he's brilliant. So it's that, that's more nervous for me than sitting in with some of the guys that, like you say, you can watch on the telly. <laughs> Cool. Um, so before we go, do you want to promote any social media you have or any merch stores or anything? Um, no, not particularly. I'm I'm on social medias um, at Adonis Payne most of the time, or it's at Adonis Payne PW. Um, I think I'd just like to say thank you for having me on. It's been nice to talk wrestling for once. It's the first podcast I've done, so it's been brilliant. Oh wow, yeah, they've been great. Sit and have a chat and talk some wrestling and talk about my story. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the few things to keep me sane doing these interviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially during, during lockdown, I did so many, I had to stop for like three weeks because I was like, I don't know when I'm going to have time to release, edit all these and release all these. <laughs> so I, I, did, I did like, I was doing like three interviews a week just for something to do and everyone's yeah. free. Not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, There's so no excuses on there. Yeah, so yeah, I've really enjoyed speaking today. I'd love to have you on again in the future. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, anytime. I'd love to come back on. <laughs>